Hello friends, how's it going? My name is Matt Bart and you're listening to the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast, the show that looks at life through the lens of surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding and other related endeavours. Thank you for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, um, if you want to support the podcast, um, people often ask me how they can and obviously it's massively appreciated by me if you do. You've got many options, you can share an episode um, free and always helps you can um, buy some merch head to my website www.wearelookingsideways.com there's a shop tab and there's also on that website a donate button because I've had a few people um, say to me recently we want to support the show but I don't want to take out another subscription so there's there's always the donate option Um, then the Substack, obviously which I do harp on about quite a lot you can sign up as a free subscriber which helps um, or you can sign up as a paid subscriber um, a lot of people have signed up as paid subscribers in the last couple of weeks, which is hugely appreciated. And yeah, paid subscribers get perks. I mean, you get access to everything that I do, um, podcast episodes every two weeks on a Monday, um, a blog either by me or a guest or an open thread, usually with paid subscriber prizes on a Wednesday and then the 10 things on the uh, Friday. All right, this episode, Gilly MacArthur, um, this is great. As I commented on Instagram the other day where you can find and follow me at We Look Sideways if that is uh, what you're into. I'm on quite a run at the minute when it comes to chatting to wise, inspiring, generous and talented women. Um, I had Eski Britton the other week, then Melody Sky a couple of weeks ago. And now for this episode, my pal Gilly, who was down in Brighton the other week and who I caught up with to record this conversation which I very much enjoyed. I think you're going to be able to tell. I think everyone can always tell when I'm having a laugh doing these. And this is a cracker. Gilly is a snowboarder, swimmer, open water swim coach, climber, who basically gets right stuck in on many different levels. Um, she makes films. She organizes festivals. She's a brilliant speaker. She's a catalyst, I would say. Um, and she's also just fantastic company, as I was reminded when we met at the height of the heat wave in Brighton, down at the new Sea Lanes Gaff. And we had a bit of a peak podcast slash Brighton morning. We had a swim. We had some coffee. We had some good food. We hung out on the beach and we uh, took the time to do this brilliant conversation, which did go all over the place. Even for me, this is this is not your usual topics. Um, and for me, that makes it pretty much the perfect podcast conversation. Melody was interesting. She was messaging me uh, after her episode saying oh I'm really you know I'm really sorry because I, I think you probably wanted to do the the more standard my career overview no I don't everyone else does that I prefer this type of thing um, that I had with Melody and that you're about to listen to now so I'll leave the intro because obviously I did a big plug at the beginning and sometimes you just need to let a conversation speak for itself so I'll be back at the end for some housekeeping corner duties but in the meantime here's me and Gilly what she said Grab your, uh, oh, yeah. grab your mic. Yeah, Chris, Chris Eubank was going to buy it, and um, at the time, the rumor was that he w- was going to had bought the title, the Duke of Brighton. Oh my god! <laughs> Chris Eubank, like when I first moved to Brighton, you used to see him loads, like because it was when he was really famous. Uh-huh. You know, when he was like, I mean, he was like national slab, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he used to basically drive around in this like huge pickup. 
and he used to dress as like a country gent. Uh-huh. He basically used to... He had to, a monocle, didn't he? And he used to prance around Brighton dressed like that. Like there's a bar at the time called Gemini's, which is between the two piers. Uh-huh. And um, it would it would basically... He would promenade like between the between the piers on this bar. Like, Get out. And at the time, like, morning. Hello. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, everyone was like, you know, fucking Chris Eubank, Duke of Brighton. <laughs> Look at him go. Well, they should have <laughs> sold it to him. Because at the time, yeah. I remember I remember it was like, he's going to buy the West Pier and turn it into his house, which oh I just God. thought was fucking hilarious. You that, know, was, like, that would have been amazing. You know, yeah. already he's bought the Duke of Brighton as the, the title, and now he's going to literally live on the West Pier. But he didn't. And it burned down. Um, yeah, I'm going to say like 20 years ago, maybe. Really? Yeah. It's it's quite hard to keep up because there was t- I think there was like two fires. Oh wow! And um, one of them it it sort of partially collapsed into the sea, and then so it was even more of a sort of faded glory kind of uh-huh. thing. And then I'm pretty sure then there was a second one where it ended up like you see now, but that that basically meant most of it fell in the sea most of it washed up on the beach oh really it was if i remember it was quite near christmas and um everyone just went down and and, and, and salvaged bits of the pier so like you know i've got a fucking bolt somewhere and um and people would were going to you know get the wood and you know oh my gosh yeah it's like yeah it's 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 kind of uh i don't know it's it's quite romantic but also really sort of tragic this kind of like this old era which is just yeah. there in the skeleton just left to kind of rot and well architecturally it. it's a it's, it's a crime because yeah. it was designed by a guy called eugenius birch who was like this you know legendary victorian peer architects because because yeah. there were okay. and it's you know it should be like a really well looked after bit of heritage i mean it's like we're saying here like we're so we're recording this We've started, by the oh, way. Oh, we've started. All right, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Everyone's like, why the fuck is he going on about the West Pier? Um, so like like we were talking about here, like these terraces, Victorian, you know, yeah. infrastructure, which has just been left to rot. It's pretty Brighton, you know, like that you've got, mm-hmm. you've got all this Regency, you know, architecture, which is really faded and pretty fucked. But then they've built like the I-360 like, oh man that's, you know which was so which was like yeah. 30 million quid or whatever and then and you've got all this lovely ironwork which is like over you know a couple hundred years old and it's just rotting and just falling into you know yeah it's quite it's quite british sea. seaside it's really british seaside that's you know. what i felt when i came down yeah it was like it's kind of nice black pool on steroids yeah cause but it, way nicer because it was a pleasure resort for rich yeah. people from London, basically. And they would come down here to get, to come to the water. Exactly. You know? So all the all the really grand houses are the what they built, you know, um, and then the, the city grew up around that. Yeah. So it's got. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's got that kind of quite unique character. I do love it, and I, I, it's just so ace. You come off the train station, and then you just see the sea, and you're immediately. Just have you drawn been? To you've been here before, down. right? Well, um, I have, but it was back in the snowboarding days. And uh, I think we came down from London. And I was a different person back then. But to be honest, I don't actually remember. What year was that? It It would have been like early early 2000s. So like 2000 and 
three or four. Yeah, yeah. So we, that, we yeah. were all living together then. Yeah, like in, in a big shared house. And uh, I did come down for a night, but I wasn't obviously interested in the sea or the architecture at that point. I was just interested in partying, Get, getting smashed. Is that what you mean when you say you're a different person? Yeah. Yeah. You said that quite significantly, rather than just the natural um, age of you know, because because I certainly <laughs> don't. Um, binge drink to the extent I used to yeah <laughs> still got it in me every now and again yeah I think I'm just a different person all around it's funny I'm just like I look back at then to now and it's like what is that? I read a great quote the other day it's like you spend the first half of your life trying to like form an ego and then you spend the second half of your life trying to let go of it and maybe it's like I'm 50 now no I'm not I'm 51 I'm lying and um and maybe in the last sort of 10 years I've just decided none of that stuff matters. So. Right. Uh, so I am a different person. Yeah. But I look back at that person and I go, oh, blimey. You know, when I was, I d- my, when I was li- living in Germany, I was like 30, maybe like 31 or 32 or something. So like kind of old enough to know better, but still. I remember on my first season, which was in 97, I was mm-hmm. 21. And that's when I met all the mutual friends we've got like uh-huh. Ewan and John I mean Chris went and we had we were in a house with like Edley me Chris John Ewan big group of us and um actually noticed this uh, that was the second year but that was the year I met them but anyway there was a load of blokes that were, there was a guy that was 30 I remember and I and I remember me and my mates having a conversation going fucking hell so imagine old. doing this when you were 30 yeah exactly like how old's that guy <laughs> yeah exactly like oh my god they're so ancient yeah like, fair play they should have a proper job by then yeah like, no and yeah here we are yeah exactly still doing it but I mean when I look back on those years I'm just like thank fuck people didn't have camera phones oh my god like Can I can't even imagine I just feel so sorry for anyone that's like you know being uh, the age that we are more or less it's like it's just so nice to have lived in an age where there was no uh, to- you know, f- uh, focused recall on everything because it would just be awful and then that stuff's then just there for time and memoriam you know it's just uh, like flipping egg yeah it's, not, it's funny is, <laughs> it's funny isn't it as well because you don't it's not it's just out it's so out of your control yeah. like that perception once it's out there because I because you know you you just talking about your late 20s, early 30s, and you're obviously like cringing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same, really. Like, I. Things I wouldn't change. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change I any of I it think because it got me to where I am now. Yeah, but you. So, but, the, but, I'm a but bit you. Like, but you oh, remember. Come on you remember now. stuff, and you're a bit like, oh, oh god, fucking hell. Yeah, exactly. You know, really. Yeah, um, I know. And sometimes it is a bit confronting that it is a bit like, oh yeah, you know, what do I think about that behaviour? So to sort of then someone else to be able to sort of you pick know. up a picture of you in the nine bar and like Grand Monte Car Park at and share it and, and you know yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good that it's not I don't think it's, it's not I, it's not ideal I for mental well-being ex- that's what I mean it's it's quite <laughs> so if, so if you just grow up with it and yeah yeah anyway I've got a present for you this Look, is exciting I've got a present for you and it's quite good because we're in a room which is uh open fronted but it's got all of these books so it's a bit random you brought me a present. I right. did. I brought you a present. There you go. Any future guests listening have to this? To, have to buy a present. This is well exciting. You've maybe, you've maybe read it. And it's a book. Yeah. One hand. One handed. One handed. I have read it, but I've not read it. Picture Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde. There I have go. read it, but I've not read it in about 20 years. There so I will very much look forward to reading it again. And when I read it, I remember it being 
because I found a lot of his stuff quite hard work. Yeah. Um, and this is great, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I thought, because obviously we've been chatting on Instagram uh, and in person for a while now, mostly about the Smiths, to be fair. The Smiths. So, um, yeah. we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll in get a into that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought I would Thank give you, you uh, I thought I would give you that book uh, because it's, uh, you know, bit of a Morrissey rap. A bit of a Morrissey, and it's also just a great book. Samish Gates. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you're as much of a Smiths geek as I am. Where'd that come from then? Um, it came from being, growing up in Aberdeen in uh, sort of the, you know, 70s and 80s. And maybe just, I think there was a boy that I fancied and he was really, he was like a year older than me. Yeah. Which was like, you know, he's definitely going to be never going to fancy me. And yeah. he never did, but he was really into the Smiths. So I just started getting into the Smiths then. And I just loved their music and... I think you're more of a geek than I am in terms of the facts <laughs> and the data. What the fact that the fact that I once loaded a Apple Shuffle with <laughs> ten thousand nothing, 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 nothing but Smith songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I just yeah, Morrissey was just like, you know, the Smith well not Morrissey, but yeah, the Smith Johnny Moore just like spoke to me when I was like Johnny was the best. Johnny was the best, basically. Yeah, it Johnny the best. it's held it together. Morrissey's mm. kind of gone into the long well, grass. So now. what what's your view on because obviously Mor- Morris is suddenly at the sharp end of um, can you separate the art from the artist right now? Do you know, and it's such an interesting chat that I have with my husband quite a lot about, because um, he's in the the film world. and um, God, about their dealing with can you separate the art from the artist well, exactly. quite a lot right now. <laughs> and it's so interesting because it's like, you know, Kevin Spacey and all these different people. and Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and... Teflon I, I, Johnny. I can I, I can kind of separate the art from the artist, but maybe that's just you know. I, I think it just in de- a way sometimes. I, I think it just yeah. depends on what it is. It depends really. Gary Glitter, hard yeah, no. Probably hard no yeah, on that one. Done. Rolf Harris over. Jimmy Savile. You know, we're talking. It's like we can't really do that. Morris is so. just a bit of a wally, isn't he? He's just a bit of a wally, but then it's a bit of a shame because you listen back to some of the some of the tunes and stuff, and you're and the songs, and you're like, oh no, did I not miss that? You know. England is mine and it was me living in the life. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, okay. Yeah. But I'm maybe he's, um, I don't know. I just, I think it's Johnny Marr that I'm really in it for, to be honest. Yeah. The guitar stuff and just so haunting and awesome and just poetic and just, yeah. I could just, and it's funny because loads of people can listen to this mess and be like, it's so depressing. I dis- you know, girlfriends I dis- in a coma. And I'm like, you don't get it. Yeah, you just don't funny. get it. It's funny. That's the thing. That's, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Like whenever anyone's like, it's 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 like, well, you're missing the gag. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's definitely a gag. A lot of it. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously that's not to everyone's cup of tea. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think much of a dickhead he is now. Morrissey is at his highlight. He's sort of Alan Bennett wanting you know flipping amazing mm. just out- astonishingly good so and young Johnny Marr 19 first album I know right fucking hell it's like can you imagine 19 I don't really know if I knew how to tie my shoelaces when I was 19 I was certainly I, s- I certainly wasn't doing that nah he was doing more than that so yeah so, so anyway yeah so what are you up to down there then so I am down here for a conference an academic conference uh, which is part of Brighton University um, and I've been invited down here to talk they're going to show a film tonight around uh, water that, I've, that I'm in and then tomorrow we're going to have a nice chat with people from all over the country uh, who are 
involved in the margins or in bodies of water. It's called the Blue Horizons Conference or Blue Spaces uh, Conference. And it's to pull together academic research along with end users, along with scientists and people around why cold water or why water is beneficial for us. So it doesn't need to be cold water, which is my thing, or ice water. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, someone's decided to move a piano down a flight of stairs. <laughs> no, no, just right <laughs> while we're doing the podcast. Um, and uh, so that's why I'm here. Um, and it's been in the making for about a year. Um, and in the last, I guess, four or five years, six years, there's been more and more research around why blue spaces are good for us. Um, and this is a culmination of that coming together. So really trying to get end users to be speaking to the academics. So it's all great to be in a silo of like researching the stuff, but to find out how we can all apply it more to our lives. So it's brilliant because it's obviously in Brighton. There's tons of amazing research down here about why, the, why water is good for us. Yeah. And, and we know that, you know, surfers, swimmers, people that are hanging out on bodies of water, but it's about how to get it out there to nice guidelines or to social prescribing to look at water for social prescribing you don't even need to be in water for it to be beneficial for us you know it can just be sitting by a body of water for 20 minutes a day can calm down our amygdalas to make us feel more calm yeah so it's for everyone yeah you just need to get out of your house well this is obviously so. a big part of the day-to-day -day work that you do so we'll talk about it in a minute but you mentioned like a disconnect almost between like the theory of it and the practical uh -huh. everyday application of it what, what what do you mean there so um i think that it's easy to look well i'm not an academic but i think from what i've been sort of finding out is that a lot of research can pull on data but it's then how do you actually apply that realistically and what are the practical sort of things that you can do or what are the challenges and so it's to draw those sort of two ends together of we've looked at this subset of 10,000 people or 2,000 people or 100 people um, and this is what they're finding but then actually speaking to folk on the ground going well I work with these charities and I do this stuff and this is actually the bit that we need to be looking at more yeah. so it's a cool I guess networking but also just explaining sort of some of the bigger challenges or the more nuanced challenges around it and it's such a huge topic and you can pull it like access trespass water quality well-being social prescribing it's flipping massive but yeah and people seem to be becoming more aware of the many threads and the many layers to this at the minute as well because like you say there's a lot of different conversations going on around this topic right now yeah like you know pollution and water quality is yeah. one huge thing and people can feel quite impotent about that and being able to change and support that and know what they can do but um it's about trying to do the little bit that you can do yourself so even if it's just doing your own little beach cleanup and leaving it better and giving a shit more excuse the pun about that stuff so yeah and i think it's a bit disappointing because I think I was listening, you said something the other day about um, how there was a, like a paddle out recently and there weren't that many people maybe showed up for it. Yeah, here. yeah was, I, that was really interesting. Yeah, well, harped on, I think might be the, the phrase. Well. Um, <laughs> I talked about it at the end of the episode I did with Eski. That we, was it, yeah. And then yeah, I, yeah. Did, I talked about it on Instagram as well. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess it was... with. So it turned up, there was like, I'd say there's like 200 people there, which mm -hmm. ostensibly seems like quite a good turnout. But, you know, there's 
but you probably know 200, like 200 yeah. people in this city and um oh there we go there there's, goes. piano there's, man there's piano down the stairs man yeah. on his way um <laughs> the I mean, I'd say there's like easily 200 people in the Brighton Surf community. I was just going to say that. There has to be, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a swimming WhatsApp group um, yeah. where there's probably 50 people. Um, yeah. None of them were there. So yes. like two people from the lineup. And so that, I was, I was naively surprised really because I just sort of thought, surely this is like a cross-party, non-partisan, no-brainer. 100%. You know, like it doesn't, like, it, doesn't on, it doesn't really matter. It's not Brexit. You know, like it's like the shit in the sea that we all use. Yeah, yeah, like surely we should turn up for that. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that I found interesting was how everybody else there seemed to think it was a really good turnout. Yeah, and and I was like, people going, "This is great!" And there's loads of people. I was like, "There's really not loads of people here." And there's, like I say, the people that you would think were engaged are clearly just not engaged, and clearly it's just not on the radar. I mean, I put it on our surf WhatsApp group. And to be honest, like, you know, everyone just took the piss, really. Why do you think that is? I mean, not taking the piss, but why do you think that people have disengaged with it? Do you think it's because people just feel impotent to do anything because it's big governments and it's utilities companies and it's shareholders? Again, I just think it's really layered. I think, I think like... I I don't really know and that's why I've become a bit interested in it. You know, that's why I... Because then I was posting about it and this friend of mine, Callum, did a piece for me. He's um works with Just Stop Oil in Norway. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and he and he was like, Can I write a piece? Because I've been thinking about this for years. Yeah. Where the fuck is everyone? I know. You know, like Because there's users, like you know, yeah. it's, it's like they're all they're people are doing it. Yeah, so I I, I was you know, I've got a lot of friends that are like really involved in activism and I think they thought I was they kind of laughed at me a bit. They were a bit like, yeah, welcome to... Yeah, welcome to the world w- of apathy. Welcome to our yeah. world, you yeah. know. Like, oh, Matt's fucking noticed something and now the world's got to stop, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, isn't it? I know. And Iski talked a lot about that in our conversation. Uh-huh. She talked about trying to make that relationship two-way, essentially. You know, not like, I like going in the sea and that's it. You know, like, yeah. I like going in the sea, therefore I might have an interest in making sure that environment is you know well i think people forget that um uh i mean it's the same up in it's the same you know across the it's the same across the country and i think that people forget that we've got a choice to not be in the sea Mm. but wildlife doesn't it is in the sea so we can all play our little part in campaigning and doing all that stuff but i think maybe just people have got i don't know i don't know what it is it's 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 I think maybe people are just, even if you think back to like sort of the 80s and 90s, people were much more into protest then, it seems. And now people are like, ugh, blah. Well, do you think, it, I mean, it's an interesting point because obviously we're a pair of old farts and we were just talking about... Whatever. We were just talking about... <laughs> but we were just talking about the Smiths. Not, not that I'm trying to bring it back to the Smiths again. I but, see. Um, but, you know, you said it, the appeal was the subculture, uh-huh. you know, and this is a well-worn theme of these conversations, like the appeal of these activities has been like a genuine subculture. But I, to your point, that doesn't really exist anymore, does it? I don't think it exists really anymore. And Un- I think unless yeah. you're going down the real like, you know, extreme end of, of things like yeah. the things that were subcultural for us are now just culture, aren't they? 
You know? Yeah, I think so. And I would put that that you're talking about, you know, protest, apathy, in a bit of a similar. It seems to me a bit of a symptom of a generally more homogenized. Yeah. It's not the world's most original insight, but. No, um, I know. Yeah. But I, 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 I do think it's probably, there's probably something to do with that. I mean, one of the lads on my Surf WhatsApp group posted a picture of Swampy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was a bit like, and I was a bit like, yeah, okay, f- funny, you know, mm. fair enough. But again, it's not, I kind of get it if it's like, stop, just stop oil. Mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to get people to march for that because that is uh, ethically a very challenging of conversation for all of us you yeah. know, in, in this society. But like I say, shit in the sea. I know. It's, it's hardly even hard. It's, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, like you're, it's, you're swimming past turds. Yeah. You know, like, but that's surely wrong. And on anyone's level, that's wrong. If you can't level, get wound up about that, then... Uh, well, exactly. It's not exactly a hard thing to wrap your head around. It's like we shouldn't be swimming with tampaxes floating by us. I mean, it looks... It looks really bonny today, though, It looks right? beautiful today. I mean, it does, you know, um, it's... But me and my mate were surfing Shoreham earlier in the year, and, I mean, it's it's called the shit pipes where we surf, you know, like... Oh, and no, that's <laughs> not good. That's, and that's I've never really... Good. And I've never really cared, uh-huh. you know, like... Because obviously a lot of, like, oh, fuck, you surfing Brian, what the fuck? You know, the water looks brown, like it... The, the well, see, spot, I've not been in the sea the spot, yet. The spot's so, called yeah. the Ship Pipes. And we surfed at the Harbour Wall, one of the winter spots where he's got some shelter from all the southwesterlies. And it was low tide and we got out on Shoreham Beach and it was just, well, like not main Shoreham Beach, but like part of Shoreham. And I saw like a storm overflow pipe pissing out oh, no. stuff. Oh my God. And we were, and we were both. And I was, I've been surfing there twenty years. I never noticed it because I just think it's That's, me being, yeah, not being cognizant of what it actually is. And I was like, "Fucking hell, look at that!" You know. And we were both like, "Oh my god!" You know, we've literally just been surfing in that, and that's really bad. Yeah, it's, it is really bad, and we just need to keep like caring more and like keep highlighting that it's still wrong and people need to just care more yeah. about it and people don't seem to be people just seem to be disconnecting from that so so yeah so maybe tomorrow we, I think tomorrow after the conference we're um, there's like oh, there's only 30 people at this event right but it's like the folk from the environment agency and from the Rivers Trust and from the NHS and from blah 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 and I think we're all going to go for a wee swim um, at the end of the day in the sea um, so so maybe maybe some of the it might be telling who wants to get into the water and who doesn't. You know? John Gummer. Yeah, exactly. Eating Maggie's Dory burgers. So exactly, yeah. exactly. God, these references. So yeah, these re- today's references are. It's going to be very very yeah. over forty five, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck's John Gummer? <laughs> um. So yeah. So this is your gig. Yeah, this is what I do nowadays. <coughs> I don't quite know how it's all rolled up to this. I didn't used to do. Uh, I didn't used to do any of this cold water stuff. But when did was, that start then? Um, I and did you go straight in on the ice? No, <laughs> um, I um, was living in Bristol after I lived in Chamonix, and I was working for an outdoor brand, working heavily right in the centre of the outdoor industry. Working for West Beach, worked a bit for Volcom. 
started doing rock climbing stuff. Moved to Cumbria to be nearer the rocks, basically. Um, but it rains a lot there. I carried on doing working for outdoor brands. And I was working for... Um, yeah, just doing all of that stuff. But it rains a lot in Cumbria. <laughs> in the north. So in the north. <laughs> in the bloody north. So, uh, um, and I found myself, yeah, just thinking I need to flip this up. What else can I do? So one morning... When was uh, this? So this was nine years ago. Okay, so this is pre... This is pre-Wim Hof with the celebs is, on the BBC. This is pre-explosion of... Pre-explosion. This yeah. is like you did a bit of a cursory Google search and you'd find nothing. You yeah, know, there was I guess I guess like Kate Rue was doing the Outdoor Swim Society and there was there was yeah, that there thing, was but so there was, there was, that was more of a like, let's go for a swim rather than a, an explicit than the cold mental stuff. health yeah. connection. And I think even then, even the cold stuff within... OSS and uh, Outdoor Summer Mag was like it was definitely happening but not on a sort of much more this is really good now there's like back up with research and stuff Um, so yeah I decided to uh, give it a go stood on the shores of Windermere with my surfing wetsuit on surfing wetsuits are really shit to swim in Mm. Uh, and I was just there by myself and thought I'll give this a shot and there were some women that joined beside me uh, and they were a bit older and they got into the water. Um, and I was like b- completely baffled at how they were able to get in without like duck fat and neoprene or goose fat and neoprene. And I was like, that is mental because it's the water was like barely kissing double digits. Right. And it was like, that's crazy. Um, and... I dipped my toe in the water and was like, nah. And they went off and swam for, had this lovely big long swim. And I was, I paddled around for a wee bit and was like, that's just crazy. It's too cold. Yeah. And um, I sidled up to them afterwards, like, you know, tangled up in my wetsuit. And they said that in these temperatures, wetsuits are a faff. It's better to try it in just your skins. Skins being just your actual skin. Um, and uh, give it a go. So I googled you know that night got back home with my laptop poured myself a beer and googled you know death by hypothermia do pike bite all that stuff do and pike bite yeah the pike, cla- pike, pike, pike don't bite <laughs> <laughs> i was a bit worried the, the, about the, the, obvi- the obvious stuff like. the obvious the, the, two, the two things i so like what my wife would google <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, let's cut to the chase uh, do um, pike carry swords do, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly and they, and they don't and um and the next day I went back and um, dipped my toe in the water a bit without my wetsuit. And, and, and yeah, like, you know, f- from that day on, it was kind of hooked because I was like, this is cool. This is something I can do when it's not raining. So when it's raining. Uh, and that winter, I, uh, that winter, I swam over winter um, with a friend of mine who was a photographer. And the two of us would go up. The thing I loved about it was, and still love about it, is finding bodies of water that are frozen, that are near places where I go climbing. So it's that kind of juxtaposition of like the hard surface, which is vertical, and the flat surface, which is liquid, and the two playing against each other. So in the summer, I'm up there. So and in the winter, I'm... Aesthetic. There's an, definitely there's an aesthetic to it, for 100%. For, yeah. for me, there is. but there's And there's also all of the amazing health benefits that you get from the cold stuff yeah 
So and since but places is is uh, places hugely important right, for that's me. That's really interesting. Within it, I I I speak to a lot of people now. Uh, I mean, now I'm you know a cold water coach and a lifeguard and a swim coach, but it's the cold and the science around why the cold specifically is good for us. And I couldn't. I I totally understand and appreciate that not everyone can be in a position to hike up to the top of a high mountain to find a body of water to crack the lid off and get into. But I think I would not get so much out of it if I was just in an ice tub in my garden. Let's I, let's yeah. let's talk about that a little bit because I think people listening are probably going. going what, what so she, she, she goes about? up to like in the middle of winter <laughs> and like finds a frozen pond and and cracks the ice and gets in it i mean that's what you're talking about right yeah i mean how hard is that not to understand yeah but it's, for <laughs> mo- it's, it's just sounds quite cold <laughs> it is cold it is cold so what so yeah. when you initially got into it and thought, yeah i didn't just start by, by but, but then you were like oh actually like i could go to that place that you remembered from climbing and yeah right and that was so that was more of an exploratory thing at the beginning so the first ever ice swim that i did um well, first of all, it's about catching the degrees in the water as it gets towards winter. So, um, you know, the, the sea temperature today, I would imagine, is going to be, what, like 16 or something? I've got no I've idea, got no to idea. be honest. I've and got my thermometer, so um, I can have a little... And everyone always says, like, oh, you know, it's 12. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I'm know, sorry, yeah. cold. Wet, I, well, I'm like wetsuit or no wetsuit, really. Okay. So... You um, reckon it'll be about 16. That's quite warm, I don't know, then, yeah, right? I'll, I've got my thermometer with me, so I can check later. But... Um, Catching the degrees as they fall, so you're getting uh, sort of conditioned to it. And then by the time winter comes, you're getting a bit more used to the cold. And over the years, your cold tolerance builds up. So it's not like a muscle memory. It's not like muscles that just forget, you know, you go to the gym and then you lose it after two weeks. Well, I certainly do. Um, the cold is something that you can build up over the years. So, it's so that's f- the thing. That's the thing. And, and that's really cool because it's and you're and you're. How does that work? I've always wondered how that works. Mainly because I was swimming earlier the day with that wetsuit at six in the morning. I was fucking freezing. And I was like, at what point does the old uh, so <laughs> increment, incremental um, w- skin warmth generate a kick in? You know? So you need to... So, oh, so I sound like such the, a punter, The I? science bit is that you need about 11 minutes a week of cold. And it needs to be just cold enough that you have that shock response of going... <gasps> right. You know... So for some people, that might be to turn down their shower just a little bit. And for some people, it might be to turn it all the way to cold, cold. Right. Um, You need about six sessions in about two weeks to blunt that cold response of going (gasps) and breathing in. Yeah. And then over time, that cold water shock response diminishes. And that's the reason why people drown is because they have that cold water shock response and they ingest water okay and that's and uh, but over time that diminishes so the more that you do it regularly the more that you can blunt that response um and it the cold also as i've discovered now because this is like my this will be like my 10th or 9th year swimming through winter or dipping through winter um you do get there's just tons of benefits there's loads and loads of health benefits to it which i just find crazy that it's there and it's free and it's i mean you know let's let's hear them because it's such a cliche these days isn't it the whole like um i know 
Instagram. I mean, one of the things I'm most fascinated by Instagram, incidentally, is the number of kind of northern female influences in bikinis. Oh God, don't even start. Honestly, standing honestly. in like clearly freezing water. Please don't. Yeah. It's a proper thing, though, isn't it? Oh, but there's, there's but, hundreds of them. Oh, it's, you can't move for people in the and north with that. It's with, like, yeah, like, what, just, like, what, like what? You look no. freezing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. To, oh, and it's like here I am, you know. And I'm going to so- sound like Beg B from Trains. Sometimes <laughs> there's a little bit of there's another reference. Yeah, there's some there's a little bit of a Beg B in Train Spotting about me sometimes, and it only comes out now and again. One of them is like that the phenomenon of, of the, the perishing Im- northern influencer. Oh, just like just just are you really do like this is kind of authenticity thing you know i don't know and it's like i don't even know if you're actually I just getting into this water i just think it's funny more than anything but um, um like it's just so incongruous it's like, so funny i get i get it if you live in sydney or uh-huh. like fiji yeah, you know yeah. like the, the the like hot girl in a bikini vibe yeah. kind of makes sense but when you yeah. literally in west water <laughs> i know i know i know it's uh blue and like here i am everyone here i am having a having a waft of ha- time. having the yeah. reaping the mental health benefits i know of, and uh, it's so it's become so trite um and i think so much of the message with the with the real guts of the science behind it is sort of being lost in this yeah that's why i should to sort of in this waftiness so um so there's yeah so there's loads of research now. There's thousands of papers. There's lots of people that are um, researching it across the world. Benefits of the cold water for well-being, um, and not all of it sort of crosses over with each other. So, for people that have got um, quite strong PTSD, actually getting into really cold water can be quite bad for them right. because you're maybe un unraveling some of that PTSD response with the breath work. Right. Um, people that have got heart conditions, people that have got cold water uticaria, they shouldn't be getting into the cold water stuff because it's going to not be good for them. Yeah. You know, any kind of heart conditions and that kind of stuff. So if you can, if you just take that to one side, um, getting into cold water um, is now being, you know, I think it was uh, Hippocrates like years ago, we talked about the cold water for well-being and it's now people are going oh yeah that right. stuff cool okay cold baths yeah cold baths let, yeah. let's do it you know um and so it drops all of the ho- hormones in the right in the right way it's really good for anxiety and depression and the reason for that is that there's certain hormones that are getting released for example cortisol people that have got depression have got very low um uh cortisol levels and what's really incredible about the cold water is that for people with high cortisol it it modulates it down and for people with low cortisol it will raise it up okay um there's also have you heard of brown fat yes yeah so our brown fat on our bodies which is brown fat is what babies have it helps them to get warm it's a it's fat which is on our shoulders and on our um necks um, but by the time we're 40, our brown fat cells diminish um, because babies can't shiver. So they have this brown fat to cause to cause like um, heat. Right. And uh, and as we get older, by the time we're 40, the brown fat diminishes. Um, and brown fat's really good for um, type two. If you basically, if you've got 
type 2 diabetes or the onset of type 2 diabetes, the brown fat is really good for us because it eats uh, sugar. Right. And it helps keep us sort of lean and all that kind of stuff. Right. So the, the brown, brown fat is like this amazing secretory organ and it also helps us modulate TSH and all different sorts of things. So, um, But also this blue-green connection, yeah. you know, being in near round bodies of water is just really great for us for well-being and then there's the community side yeah and well we are drawn to stuff, so totally yeah and it is a it's a very sort of primals overdoing it really but you know reminder that we're animals well, the, at the end of the day yeah there's know. a study they've put um a bunch of people into um brain scanners and showed them pictures of like baby smiling and of trees and of cakes and loads of different things and everyone's amygdala's calmed down when they just saw pictures of water of right. blue spaces so there's so much that's just being unraveled now around this stuff yeah and for me the biggest thing uh i had a i had a bad climbing accident like um in 2012 so 10 years ago now 11 years yeah 10 years ago now um and I was in Utah rock climbing. Whereabouts? Uh, I was in Ind- Indian Creek. Nice. Oh, just love it there. It's just such a such a brilliant place. Um, and I was uh, on the end of a big long climbing expedition, and I was halfway up this rock face, and I put in some gear above my head, and I. Um, went to pull up the slack to clip in, you know, the the carabiner and my foot popped out of the crack and I tumbled and fell and I hit a ledge and I swung into the rock and I knew I'd done something fairly serious and I turned out I'd broken my back and my ribs and uh, I was moved to a spine unit in Colorado and then I was flown home and uh, made a full recovery, like completely fine now, no pain at all. Found out how well your insurance works. Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, that was... I just m- made, that was a bit that just made me think, fucking hell, that Honestly. happened in America. Jesus. Well, you know what? One, uh, this is what blew my mind. I saw the invoice for the first day and the invoice for the first day for the, um, for the ambulance because I wasn't flown. I was put in an ambulance uh, and it was like four and a half hours and I, they gave me one paracetamol for the pain. The one paracetamol was fifty dollars. Wow! I don't even know how that how that can be justified. Yeah. But I had really good like BMC insurance, and I think my bill would be my bill was easily easily in six figures. Yeah, easily, I bet. easily. Yeah. So we did you recover like in the states, or did you come out? So I I was in the states for a while, and then right. and then I flew back to the UK. But and that was great because they had to fly me back flat. So you actually got upgraded. So I got upgraded <laughs> and it was amazing. So I was sitting, I was lying there off my face on morphine uh, and had this thing I had to keep blowing into. Wow. And my husband uh, was just g- like clicking his fingers and getting hot air hostesses to right. bring him cheese and wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where was the saying? Well, you were, you were, you you that? You yeah. were sort of making the connection so with the personally. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah. Kind of, you kind of yeah. um, preempted my question really, which was going to be, I'm, I'm guessing that anecdotally those benefits were something that you felt personally uh, initially. So, well, the, what the, the bit that unlocked for me with the cold, um, and I think that this is why a lot of people are now finding it really beneficial for them, whatever their discipline or their sport or their work life, is that uh, after my first winter ice swim- swimming, 
um, I went back to the climbing wall and the one thing that I was still really scared about doing was taking leader falls because every quark in my body was saying, yeah. don't fall don't because do it's a really bad idea, Gilly. Um, and I went back to the climbing wall and, and uh, felt a lot braver. And because with the cold stuff, be it in an ice tub or a shower or getting into a body of water that's cold, you are putting your body into it. Uh, it's called you stress. So it's stress that you're putting yourself under by your own sort of volition. Okay. And by What's doing... What's it called? You, uh, EU stress. Okay. So it's stress that you put yourself into rather type, type than... Type 2 fun. I guess it's maybe like type 2 fun. It's like... I think Ross Edgley might talk about this in one of his maybe, books, actually. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like you're kind of there by your own... He talks about it in quite a macho, like, winter conditioning way, you yeah. know. But I think it's a similar thing, right? Yeah. So, um, basically, it... Cold water makes you able to handle stress. Yeah better okay and that is and that can be a learned response and as that's well. a, and that's absolutely a learned response right. over time your brain understands that the stressful situation that you're in be it at work with a shitty boss or sitting in bad traffic or being a bit scared i guess dropping and snowboarding yeah. do you know what i mean like there's yeah. loads of ways that you could apply it, it means that you're calmer okay um and i think that that's just in our modern day world where everyone is heightened up to 10 or 11 all the time. Yeah. It's like, surely that's got to be a good thing. And that's why people find the cold tubs really powerful. Yeah. And that's why you can't move for, and you don't need to do all the Wim Hof stuff. You don't need to do the huffing and puffing and breathing. And, and you know, that's great for some people, but, and that's what I do now. I help people, yeah. be it chief execs or, yeah. or, or, or individuals working in, you know, the NHS or mental health charities to find their place in the water. Yeah, so, you, them, so you're not you know? seeing it as a kind of one size fits all. It's like you're helping people yeah. have that relationship totally. that works for them. And some people, it's literally they can't. I've coached people that literally for the first month, they will just go. I mean, it's a bit crazy. They'll just go up to their 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 waist. Yeah. I'm like, you've done the hard bit. Your balls are in the water. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. But it's where you have to start where it's good for you. And it's a bit like me with the climbing after my accident. If I'd gone straight back into doing leader falls, it would have been so hard. But it's about starting in a way which is just fine for you. And it's, yeah, it's... I love it. Yeah, so... I'm a real cold water pusher now, which is great. But also, like we alluded to, you've subsequently seen at the same time, like the, the topic and the participation hugely increased it's gone bananas in, yeah in, especially since covid well in covid people lost their uh lost all their freedom and so the water was a place for people could just go fuck this i'm gonna get in here and i'm just gonna do it for me and it's i think it's seen a rise like fourfold there's a i think it was either i think it was outdoor somewhere did a research about it and you know because people are just going ah this is actually working for me. But the the flip side of that is there's more people in the water, but then circling back, there's maybe a little bit more that we can be doing about like caring a bit more about you yeah, know, all of you, that stuff. You, you mentioned know. that before, like yeah. we used the phrase tragedy of the commons, didn't we? Yeah, you know exactly. Um, yeah, do you think that's, we're already seeing the impact of that then? Because it's, yeah, a, really, it's so. a really complicated topic, isn't it as well? Because cause obviously from a diversity perspective you want to be increasing 
access and participation um, so you've got that in line it, you know i guess i guess my point is like sometimes that can be a form of gatekeeping like that you know like the these are the i don't know these are the rules kind of thing yeah but i just don't know i, I hear that a lot from people and i think basically it doesn't matter who you are it can't really be acceptable to just drop litter. Yeah, those, I mean, th- those, you know, it's, th- it's, th- is that really gatekeeping? Th- it's just are, like, are don't no, be a dick. No, of course, but I guess my point is that, like it or not, that is a bit of a battleground. Like, you know, at, at certain ends of that debate, it does get a bit more nuanced. I mean, I'm thinking of something like surfing, like, especially where, yes, quite, like... It can quite often. Maybe it can it's quite, more obvious than surfing. It can quite often become about like policing the line up and, and yeah. telling people that they're doing it wrong. And, and I think maybe in surfing it's more obvious because it is. <clears throat> I can see how it would be more. You can't surf here. This is not for you. This is for the pros or whatever. But just coming to like a, a, a you know body of water like today, you know, it's a whole beachfront. It's not hard. You don't need any kit. You literally don't need any kit. You can just get into your knees and walk out again. But don't stuff your crisp packet into the wall yeah, I mean, and expect it's going to disappear. Another non-partisan you know, issue like there, I think. It's just, just, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just not. It's just don't, you know, it's like, just don't be a dick. Yeah. And I think that's the bit. And, and But also, you know, we... Yeah, I don't know. It's just that that's the stuff that just still annoys me. And I guess maybe I... I see it a lot in the where I live now in Cumbria, you know, people that are doing like the sort of three peaks challenges and just willfully like just discarding banana skins because they'll biodegrade. And it's like, well, and it is an education thing, right? But also if you've bothered to do all of this stuff to do with the three peaks and you're out there raising money for the charity, just give a little back to nature because it's struggling right now, especially in the UK, you know, so... It becomes a bit of a hobby horse of mine to be like, look, don't cut down trees and put fires and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but those things are important because I think it's the old harping on again, isn't it? You know, like yeah, <laughs> in know. my case, but yeah, that's how, obviously there's a way of delivering that message, but it's an important message that people yeah. I think need. you got to learn somehow. I mean, fucking hell, when I think back to like when we were kids, we used to go, we got, used to go camping in Buxton. Oh, yeah. Um basically to go and smoke weed and drink cider do you know what I mean when we were all like 14 15 and you know we used to like cut trees down and light fire oh, mate. Do, you, do you know what I mean like, I know and, and, I know yeah I know and it seems really obvious now but so we thought that. there was nothing wrong with that I know like going into the woods and like cutting cutting down a piece I know and I guess so you that's need, the thing you, you need time at some point for sure I mean yeah. I've had fucking arguments with friends about lanterns Re- oh, yeah, relatively recently yeah. where people are like well, what's like, wrong with that what are you doing with that lantern it's going to land in a field and set it on fire and or people like, don't know or yeah. putting them you know, out to say well it doesn't matter if one of them lands in the sea and it's like mm. well it kind of does sort of does yeah. you know people that you might assume have got common sense and I know but really I just think well I want to I want to light this lantern yeah. what's the problem you know well I did a thing on it was funny I did, I've got a wee post on my social media and it's just about look if you've got there's, there's so many people now that are like you know, here's this amazing place to go swimming or here's this come and, you know, get out into the outdoors, but they're not ever saying anything about like, by the way, and just take your litter away or pack your litter away or yeah, stick to the trails or I don't know. It's like, it's, I hate, I don't want to sound like a right old, 
old wifey, but that stuff. <laughs> Too late. I know. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I'm really cool, honestly. <laughs> I think we, I think we blew that when we started yeah. talking about the Smith. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, but yeah. So, so. But I, yeah. It, it, but it is just about even on that level. It comes back to what we were talking about, like what I was talking about with Eski, what you've been talking about, like make it more three dimensional, make it more not just like this place exists for my mental health, well being, yeah. you know, like what, what can you, what does your presence in that environment, even if it's just go to the beach, what does it actually mean? What does it mean? Because it does exactly? have an impact whether you, whether you think it or not. I mean, totally. you see that every weekend on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning between yeah. the pairs here when everyone's been on the beach getting pissed and oh you turn up and it's like, but even something like that, like mm-hmm. why? But people do it because they're seeing it as like, well, I'm going down the beach to get pissed. So that's, that's the extent of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. I think it's just not going to get any, it's not going to get any, any, any better either. And ultimately the outdoors for, ultimately all of us want to come to these places for, you know, we talk about it like for mental well-being, but ultimately it's just a space to play, mm. right? You know, I think that's the other thing about a lot of this, uh, the great outdoor stuff now is like, we're talking about it like it's all, fr- like no one, I'm sure that you don't ever say, I'm going to go surfing for my mental well-being. You're going to go surfing because it's fun, you know, and we, we're kind of like using this heavy mental well-being thing, but ultimately it's just about fun and i guess within that it's like having a bit of responsibility to stuff so yeah it's, it's like quite simple want to play and and you know yeah. that's where that, we, as we get older we get kind of get blinkered to that stuff that we're allowed to play and have permission to just be like kids again and i, I mean that's, that's one why that's why i always think if i'm hesitating getting in the sea like i'm for whatever reason if it's a bit cold or like if, or if i'm turn up in the winter for a surf and like oh fuck me that looks a bit grim you know but then I, I do quite often think well that j- just putting yourself in that environment is going to be a reward into itself and I don't think about it that dickishly obviously but you know that yeah, that's going to be rewarding that, that's the bit do. but that's the bit that gets me in you know like yeah almost not even the surfing bit sometimes well in the swimming world they talk about um you know like never regret a swim or in the cold world never regret a swim and it's 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 true once you're in it's a place where you don't, you can just discard your watch, you know, your Strava, your all that kind of stuff and just be. And I think that permission to just stop and be in the water and choose that day to be like, actually, I was going to swim out to the boy. Yeah. And I've decided I just want to bob around and just watch the geese flying above my head and just be here. And that like place to pause and stop is really powerful for people. And loads of people are now, they're not even, lots of people that I was coaching I was coaching a bunch of like chief executives a couple of weeks ago and it was really interesting because before we even got into the water we did a just a three minute meditation for them to notice their breath and these are people that are kind of running big bits of the country yeah and uh and they were like that was amazing I was like god how can we be so disconnected from our our even just our breath yeah you know and so just getting out there and feeling small in this big ocean is like yeah it's this hugely powerful and i'm still in my little echo chamber forgetting that loads of people still haven't come to that point yet so yeah but you so you you've got the 
blue blue men group blue mind men yeah yeah speaking yeah. of uh, you got your balls in <laughs> I got, yeah it, that's that's yeah that was started in january last year um so every year in january i swim every day you know in, in different bodies of water and raise money for mental health charities and different groups and last year i was not going to do it again because i was like you know it's actually quite hard work you've got yeah. to to fit it in with work it's quite a lot of admin it's a load of admin and also you end up like fuck you know i swam like behind screw fix and kendall that's not a place you're gonna want to swim <laughs> you know it's like find did you did you like take a picture of yourself in a bikini and put it on 100 percent like the screw hashtag fix. hashtag yeah. mental health Has, hashtag blessed blessed hashtag, uh, hashtag great t- grateful heart screw fix exactly um yeah. so that's not a place you're ever going to want to swim anyway i decided that i would um try and raise money for um, I was wondering where the men were in all of this swimming stuff because it's so good for us but 75% of suicides are men and suicide is the biggest killer of men under 50 I've just had another close friend a month ago oh really two, two months ago Fuck. yeah it's just it's so sad and so unnecessary and everyone i know of knows someone Mm. you know and it's like so um it's just sad yeah and it's just so sad it's 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 yeah very pointless and wasteful and totally upsetting and angering and confronting so um this cold water stuff, the media have been really amazing at portraying it as for women, women of a certain age, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are the men sort of missing out on this golden elixir? Um, and I just thought, well, you know, for the couple of folk that are following me on Instagram or that I'm speaking to in person, maybe I can help to help this along in some way. So I thought I'll swim every day in January with different men, um, capture their stories set up raise money for uh cam which is a men's mental health charity um uh suicide charity and um set up a men's swimming group so i partnered with johnny cowie who's my friend who's the editor of outdoor swimmer uh, contributing editor of outdoor swimmer magazine and uh we set about swimming with different men and and the plan fell apart on day one because <laughs> on day one my husband who i was going to swim with um was too hungover to to join me for a swim right so i ended up standing on the shores of this high up tarn at like two and a half thousand feet looking for a man to swim with right and um this guy was walking past and um i convinced him to get into the water oh, so with random me. random that's funny so i'm pretty persuasive yeah <laughs> what'd you say what's your pitch um the pitch this was in january the, the, the pitch was Next to screw fix it was uh the pitch was um would you join me for a swim because I'm doing this challenge? And then he said, sure. And then he went, oh, but how f- how how deep do we need to go into the water? Oh, right. He just said, sure. yeah, all right. Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> cool, get your kit off. Um, and I said, oh, no, not far, just up to our shoulders. And he sort of looked at me like, oh, crikey. And um, and that was that was how it started. But mid-month, um, mid-month it was great because I'd run out of people in Cumbria to swim with because right. all the guys had gone, nah. So I went north and I went to Edinburgh because I knew you'd find some hardcore men there. And there's a group there that's that had been founded already called the Edinburgh Blue Balls. Right. And I joined them for a dip. 
And uh, by the end of the month, I'd swam with over 100 different guys, 150 different guys, from uh, recovering alcoholics to prison officers to, uh, you know, CrossFit guys to everything in between. Um, And captured their stories of how they felt in the water and some of them had already been cold water swimmers so how they it made them feel for their well-being and then uh, on the last day of the month we set up um blue my men which is just a men's swim club and it's for men and friends because we don't want it to be like you know if women want to come along um uh, we've got some trans swimmers that come along it's like it's just for anyone that wants to come along but it's predominantly men yeah. you know um for them to find there's space in the water and and there's very little swimming from all the men's groups that I swam with in certainly in winter people think they have to be good swimmers but it's just about getting in and yeah. and 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 being there's something quite interesting about like disrobing your ego disrobing your clothes taking off your ego leaving that on the shore and getting into the water and just the the chat before is quite quiet but then after people get out of the water everyone's buzzing yeah. from all these hormones that are going on and they're like let's share some stuff and the group's really supportive and it's just piano man <laughs> um and um it's, it's uh, like performance washing up isn't it it is <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone out of the muppets um <laughs> but um but you know what it matt it's been amazing and it's it's so great to see it being talked about more in the men's world but it's still got a long way isn't to that go, funny though which like, is so like infuriating how mad that something can become <coughs> gendered so quickly oh i know it's mad isn't it Cause it's like, totally cause, mad because like because like you say it that is that is definitely a thing like it's portrayed as like women of a certain age women, exactly. women of a certain age totally. these days it's been quite connected to the menopause it's totally like, um, and it's like no, just just get rid of that. It's you know. Yeah, and I, because I was just thinking when you were talking, then I was always thinking like, well, why was there a need for that? And then I was like, well, yeah, because it is gendered already. Totally. How bizarre. Why do you think that is? Have you thought about that? Um, I think because women do find it easier. I think that I think that the natural way for people to look at it, certainly from the mainstream media, is. Well, the women, women are doing it more because they find it easier. Yeah. Women f- find it easier to join groups, to talk about their feelings, to get, generally, to get naked with each other, which seems counterintuitive because you'd think that it would maybe be the other way around. But men have those same, from what I can see as a woman, men have those same challenges and then some, you know. Yeah. They talk about their feelings less. They're, a lot of the time, even really more body conscious well, and in in e- a lot of ways, even trapped in even more stratified gender roles. Totally, really. You know, yeah, exactly. You know what it what it means to be a man is. Yeah, quite, like you know, it, 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 it's quite a narrow definition. Yeah, like, over here, really, isn't it? Totally, and you like know? you know, if you're not, if you don't have that kind of body and that kind of shape, then you know you should be covering it up, and that's why I think that it's. I think that's why men haven't really well i'm speaking as obviously as a female but i've swum with a lot yeah, of men it's now based upon uh you yeah. know and, and 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 it's just great to see just that it's like we're all human we all have a heart and it's like just get down to the water you don't need any kit just get in yeah 
and give it a go. And when you get down to the water, what's amazing is you realise that literally, especially outdoor swimming, not indoor swimming, but um, from what I can see, it does get to a point where no one cares about what you look like and what your ability is. It's just about showing up. No one does care, do they? They don't care. No one fucking cares. I mean, honestly, we're just a dot. Yeah. If when you zoom out far enough, you know, from this cold face of stuff, it's like we're just a blue dot spinning in space, going at a million miles an hour into infinity. Like nothing, nothing matters. Do you know what I mean? So, so we're going like, to start talking about cemetery gates again in a minute. Fuck, I know. We're going to get back to that <laughs> circling the background. <laughs> My favourite Smith song, I think I mentioned. Yeah, I think so as well. It's also a really good climbing route as well. Is it? Yeah, it's an absolutely amazing classic E1 in Clamberis uh, in North Wales. And it is the most beautiful piece of rock and it's absolutely amazing and I've climbed it a few times and it's and I bet you have the earworm I do all the time halfway up I'm just like yeah I'm there yeah Um, so yeah so but there's a thread here because obviously you've got the women's trad festival as well um and that's from the opposite end I'm guessing now from about like well here's a very traditional blokey world let's get more women in to paraphrase is that the idea Yes, and it's so funny how it actually all, and I never really realised this until, like, recently that it is, it is a flip of that. Yeah. So the Women's Trad Festival is a rock climbing festival. Um, it's been eight years running. It's the largest of its kind in the world. It just focuses on rock climbing, which is like trad climbing. So that's the original form of climbing where you put in bits of gear. So you could see it as being the form of climbing which demands the most uh, sort of respect and personal responsibility for your actions. It's the most adventurous form of sort of rock climbing. Um, you know, the consequences for not doing it correctly are probably more serious. And um, it's uh, the in the rock climbing world at the moment, it's certainly changing actually in the last eight years um is uh is m- m- there's a lot of men instructors it's about 15 or 20 percent of women instructors so the rock climbing festival is about showing and profiling more women in that profession in the outdoors and helping them with that journey um and about opening up for access for lots of different people that never really saw their place right in the rock climbing world so uh people that just would never consider themselves to be rock climbing types and it's also about sustainability accessibility and mental well-being so it's an off-grid uh solar panel powered um we at the end of the festival last year we had two bags of rubbish right wow so everything is every it's a boutique festival it's a ridiculously complex uh festival to run which is why we've put it on hold for this year yeah. just to regroup we've grown and grown and grown but never really thought about hang on we need to do this in a slightly better way uh, so this year we've stopped we're going to change some parts of it and look for better funding from bigger organizations and stuff but yeah did you get did you get to sort of like stick or twist kind of point with it exactly yeah it was just like we just can't do this the way that i mean it's everyone loves it and it's done so much and it, at a time when you know accessibility and diversity in outdoors was not really being talked about eight years ago to now it's just flipped so much and it's brilliant you know there's queer climbing festivals there's black climbing festivals there's 
um, loads of different organisations now that are really championing the staff. So it's like, right, well, maybe we've done our bit. Maybe we don't need to do it anymore. Maybe we can flip it into something else. Yeah. And um, and I'm dead proud of it. It's great. And it's uh, it's also a really good chance for me to sort of, yeah, chat a little bit about the cold water stuff. I always just get that in there. Yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's it's a good it's a good it's a good community and stuff. So, um, and it's really helped a lot of people. Last year we put in a um, a whole uh, marquee area that was for neurodivergent climbers. Oh wow! So um, it was a quiet space. Um, and we had like weighted blankets and books and it was a bit like a library. So it allowed people that were a bit overly stimulated to be able to still be part of the festival, but in a quiet space. And that even that sort of provision that we put in opened it up to a whole new group of climbers that were like, oh, I could come to that festival now because I don't want to be sitting in my tent, but I want to be part of the festival looking out but not being talked to because yeah. festivals are like full on. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, um, so we put that in last year and that was, that was ace. Yeah. So this has all evolved into quite a, it's just, it's about as niche as what I do. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, I mean that in a good way. Like obviously you've created this really, you know, random, but yeah, based upon all your passions, based upon all your ideas, roll for yourself. Yeah. It's changed. I mean, it ha- it's pretty interesting, like the journey from, you know, in the last, like from the snowboarding days to now. I couldn't, I would never have thought back then that that that, that I would be doing all of this stuff in the outdoors now and, you know, helping people find their place in it and all that what stuff. What did you and think you'd be doing? Um, I don't. Do you know what I think? My the T junction was actually choosing to do that season because before that I'd been working in like corporate retail. I was working in New York. I had this big high powered job, and then I got burnt out. I got totally burnt out, and so I took myself off to Chamonix, and I was a bit of a skier, and I learned how to snowboard. And I the first ever snowboard that I was given, I didn't have a snowboard. I was it was uh, an old sort of McNabb's one of McNabb's boards, and it was like it was mad, it was too big for me. But that 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 year and a half or two years bounced me into doing this outdoorsy stuff. Right. When I realised I had this different passion and and you hadn't really before. Um, I was had a pretty like sort of outdoorsy childhood, you know, like growing up in the northeast of Scotland and the in the rivers and sea and getting thrown in the northeast and sea and stuff. But I went to art school and definitely had to do a sort of vocational degree so right ended up doing that and then falling into doing working you know in in retail and I think I would still be doing all that stuff if I hadn't got it was kind of a blessing that I got a bit burnt out and got this year off yeah to just go and do the season I asked to do a season and they were like yeah that's great and so it was good that I got that chance to do that because I would never have so what would I be doing now I'd probably be married to like boring person <laughs> I'd, I, I certainly wouldn't be outdoors and as happy as I am now yeah because uh yeah it's been it's been a it's been a cool cool journey with highs and lows but you know it's like the lows make the highs higher and life is never going to be about all just great stuff 
Oh, someone sent me this amazing Cormac McCarthy quote last night. Uh, sort of on this topic. Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, I posted. Where was it? You never know what worse luck your bad luck has saved you from. Oh, I like that. And I was like, okay, all right, Cormac. Blimey, that's yeah. It's it's that it's that stuff. Like you don't know. It's funny, you know. It's what there's that other like thing about um, to do with like you know out of the darkness you can grow. You know, a phoenix has to. I can't remember. I'm just like anyway. All of those kind of quotes. All those cliches are very true. They I, are really true. Yeah, I we I had a shocking thing. I, I it's boring to go into it, but like a, a blip in the road work-wise in December, let's put it that way. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was a bit like, well, fuck, I've been doing this a while now and it always works out fine in the end. Like it just always does. And yeah. it's quite liberating trusting in that really, you know, whenever, whenever anybody asks me how work's going, I always basically use the same cliche, which is, well, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's there's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the minute we're on an up, but there will be a pretty severe down, like quite. And soon. you've just got to learn to ride, you know, like learn. I mean, it's again, it sounds really trite, but it's just like learn to ride the waves of it, you know. And there's going to be ups and downs, and when it gets a bit hectic, just tuck your sails in and just try and enjoy the ride. And I think that's the bit that I don't know. You know, like you were saying about your your friend that 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 passed away a couple of months ago, and I think when you when you witness or are close up to things that happen like that, um, it does make you stop and pause and reassess things yeah. and realize that you've just got to breathe every breath and every moment like it's your last because the, and and enjoy the high times because the low times are going to come. Yeah, because that's what life's about. It's not all. Well, and also, Brilliant. while we're on, while we're swapping Hallmark card slogans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, Hallmark cards <laughs> and Smith's lyrics. Yeah. It's like two polar opposites here. Yeah. Um, y- life doesn't turn out how you think it's going to turn out. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Rolling Stones might have written a song about this. The, 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 the great wisdom of Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> But it is true, isn't it? Especially when you get to like your late forties and fifties. That's kind of why I asked that question: like, what did you think you'd be doing? Because, because the person, and you alluded to it, Lisa, uh, you know, I am not the person I was in in my twenties. I don't know how long you've been married, but I've been married ten years, been with my partner, my wife, nearly twenty years, and I think one of same, the thing, one of same, the things same. that you know, being married is, is obviously quite hard. Like after, because you, and I think th- the thing is that you are not the people that met. I mean, as, no, as, I as glib and as trite word of the day as that sounds, yeah. like the, the person I was when I met my wife at the age of 26 yeah. is the person that I'm quite glad there wasn't any video phones around. Mm, me too. So, and, and that's the deal, isn't it? And I've got friends at the minute who are separating and yeah. and that's also just a fact of life, isn't it? When you get to your, your, your late 40s, like yeah. I remember some close friends of mine separated. My sister who's older than me said, "Oh, is this your first divorce?" And I was a bit like, "Oh, first? fucking hell, really?" Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that when I see friends that struggle, I always think that's kind of what's going on here. Really, basically, you, mm-hmm. such a huge part of this is the fact that you're just different people with different. Yeah, and we grow. Like I'm not really in touch with that many people 
that I was even, you know, I've been married since I got married in 2010. I've known, met Charlie in 2004, three or something. And I'm definitely a different person. But I'm also, I don't really have that many friends from even like sort of 15 years ago, just because I've changed, yeah. you know, so much. And uh, it's quite and liberating I, as well. I quite like, I quite like that mm. because I've had why couple, would you keep? I've had a couple of them where I've been a bit like, I don't need to be friends with this person yeah. anymore. Like which is felt quite grown up and going up to like a you know going to reunions and stuff like that just it's not really kind of my my gig you know but um and I think yeah I think that's it's it's I love the fact that as I've got older I've changed and become more into like understanding my own mind and seeing the sort of depth and breadth of of life and um you know as i say in like in when we got we got married in 2010 and then about a year after that um i had a i was got pregnant and my daughter was still born and six months after that uh that was how i ended up in utah that's why we were in utah it was like to pop out again and to feel the sun and to have that you know experience of being together and to find some sort of calm in the rocks and in the mountains and then to be smacked down again with this back break was like fucking hell really okay and that was our you know sort of two three years of like really hard times and in those dark times, it's like you were saying in that in 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 another podcast recently with Kimmy about the dark times make the make the big the best times more great, and you just have to ride all of that stuff. Yeah. And actually, even in those dark years of 2011, 2013, uh, there was a lot of joy. Yeah. And there was a lot of learning. And now, and it gives you loads of empathy and it gives you loads of like being more grateful for stuff. Yeah. Because you're like, fuck, well, at least I was able to be pregnant. Some people will never be pregnant or at least I know I had broke my back, but my goodness, I could have been paralyzed. Yeah. And then even if, you know, John Kabat-Zinn talks about in, in mindfulness meditation about so long as you're breathing, there's more right with you than wrong with you. Which sounds really full on, but maybe there's something in that that we can all sort of, you know, take of like actually just feel the sunshine. Yeah. Get in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Connect with people. And that's the stuff which is really maybe that's an a lyric maybe that's a lyric to a Smith song somewhere. <laughs> Probably I don't know. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we should go for a swim. I am absolutely psyched out of my what mind. Do you, to what do, do you that. think? Um Paul or C? Do you know what? I'm looking at both of them and I don't know. Depends if there's any turds in the sea. <laughs> I think we're all right at the minute. Yeah, okay. I would love to maybe get in the sea. Let's yeah. give it a go. Let's do it. I think so. Let's do so it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Gilly. So there you go. That was me and Gilly, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. As you might have gathered, we had a right old laugh during that episode. I'm extremely grateful to Gilly for being such a great sport, especially with my incessant Smiths references and dad jokes. Gilly, as you probably gathered, is ace. And if you want to find out more about what she does, go and see her speak, take part in one of her courses, or just say hello, head on over to her website, Gilly MacArthur, 
G-I-R-R-Y-M-C-A-R-T-H-U-R.com to see what she's up to, where she's speaking and how you can get involved in some of her latest projects. Um, I will also put a sneaky link to the playlist I made with all my favourite Smith songs um, over the Substack episode description if you're a real glutton for punishment. And if you did enjoy this episode, then um, reacquaint yourself with what I said at the start of this episode. Share it, leave me a comment on Substack, drop me a message on Instagram, or you can also email me podcast at wearelookingsideways.com if you prefer. So, housekeeping corner, let's do it. Join me in a good old chorus of thank fuck they've gone. It's the turn of the year and I find myself taking stock at how things are looking at the midpoint. Um, Little warning, I'm going to discuss the topic of suicide um, in this next little section. So if that's challenging for you, you might want to forward this bit. Um, But I have been thinking a lot about life, the universe and everything especially the importance of friendships after a close friend took his own life in April, um, an event which has, of course, had an incalculable impact on his friends and family, as these things are wont to do. Um, I'm not going to go into any more detail about that, as it wouldn't be right, but it's hit me pretty hard. He was a close friend. Unfortunately, this is not the first time this has happened in my friendship group. Um, Suffice to say, it has doubled my determination to raise awareness of this issue. Um, So I'm going to be partnering with my pals Marcus Chapman and Scofe on an event um, to uh, raise awareness for calm in London this September. Um, More details as I've got them and it's also this horrible news just made me even more determined to catch up with old friends because you know you tend to assume you'll see him again as I did in this case until suddenly you can never see him again um, which is obviously really horrible. Um, So something to keep in mind as we continue to spin through space on this ball of rock, water and ice. Um, I'm also running around a little bit to try and get things finished before I head to France at the beginning of July for a couple of months to continue working on our place over there. Um, I've mentioned this a few times, but me and my wife Alima bought a um, a rundown doer-upper, you might say, in Normandy at the beginning of the year and um we are getting our heads around that i've kind of vaguely started documenting on substack i did an initial blog um back in january about it and i am planning on doing more of those blogs but as yet i've not really felt the muse hasn't hit me let's put it that way um on that but i'm sure it will because i've learned not to rush these things over the years um what else is going on well i'm also at the beginning of a rather large exciting and if i'm honest daunting project for my friends at patagonia um it is a three-part audio documentary series um which is stretching me creatively which is nice and also um is i don't know what the word is um or the phrase but definitely causing me to try and quiet the imposterish voice in my head um which has reared up again while I've been doing this because it's quite hard and I've got that whole thing about like oh is this any good I don't know um I'm normally pretty good at ignoring that um I find personally that a a routine helps it's a big piece of work this um and I'm kind of working out as I go along because I've never actually made a three-part audio documentary series, especially one for a brand like Patagonia. So um, I've basically been trying to get on a routine for the last 
six weeks to, to, to sort of get in a good headspace for it, which is which is going pretty well. Um, so I'm not going to say any more until I've made some progress. Um, but that's going on and all going well. This should see the live day in uh, the autumn, um, which is nice. That'll be free. Don't worry, everyone. That'll be a freebie. Um, so yes, that's what's going on. That's it for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one. And of course, in the meantime, you can keep up as a paid subscriber with the weekly 10 things and the blogs over on Substack, or you can uh, get hold of me on Instagram. All right, have a good one. I'll see you next time. Nice one.